Hello, hello, and welcome back to the weird, wild, and whimsical land of Cell's Royal Navy. Now, before we embark on tonight's journey, I would just like to say, um, the reason why I have begun likening my life and or my mind to a country is, it kind of happened by accident, actually. I was trying to think of something snappy and cute to put in my podcast description, and I decided to say that my brain was a weird, wild, and whimsical land, and from there, it sort of snowballed. The more I thought about it, the more I liked it, so I decided that would be sort of my metaphor. Now, today's journey is going to get a little bit rough, folks, so um, make sure you're settled in your seats, no walking on the tour bus. Um, strap your seatbelts, because this one's going to get a little bit rough. Ah, excuse me. Um, should have gotten a drink before I started recording. Um, hey, at least this time I'm not drinking soda, so there's less likelihood of a burp. So, today we're going to explore the mountain range known as my health history. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs and plenty of twists and turns. If you get motion sick, you might want to leave now. Or just take some Dramamine or something, or whatever people take for motion sickness. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to start this right at the beginning. Now, when I was born, the only thing that they were aware of health-wise that I had was blindness. That remained the same until I was, well, until I was five, technically. That was when I broke my arm for the first time. Now, I broke an arm around once a year for about three years. Um, I broke one in June when I was five. Gosh, what year would that be? 1990, no, wait, would that be 2000? I don't know. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that would be 1999. Um, I apologize. Um, no, it would be th 2000. I'm so sorry. Um, and then in May of 2001, I broke my other arm. And then in fall of 2002, um, I did it again. Now, when I was just breaking arms... My parents didn't really think anything of it, you know, they were just kind of like, eh, you know, kids play and they break bones, and, you know, it didn't really hold me back for much longer, you know, once I got my cast off and everything, I was fine. But, in spring of 2003, um, I was at a Toys R Us, and I, I believe I was shopping for a birthday present for a classmate, and... I had asked my mom to get some stuffed cats for me to look at, and I had put them into the cart, and I decided I wanted to get them back out, but I wasn't quite tall enough to reach over the edge and get all the way down to the bottom of the the basket and, and get them out, so I decided to climb on the back of it and get them that way. Well, what I didn't realize was I was actually climbing on the side of it. So the card fell, the card, sorry, the cart fell over, and I fell with it, and I broke my femur. Now, the femur is the longest bone in your body. Thus, it's supposed to be the strongest. So, the femur shouldn't just break like that. That was when my parents and medical professionals got a clue, hey, something's not right. So, after a crap load of medical tests, 
they diagnosed me with what's called osteoporosis pseudoglioma syndrome. And it is a disorder that actually links the blindness and the weak bones. Um, they knew from a DEXA scan, a bone scan, that I had weak bones. And I believe they had to do, like, a blood test to figure out the exact um, disease because it is genetic. Um, it is a double recessive. So both of my parents were carriers, even though neither of them have symptoms. Um, that unfortunately means that if and when I decide to have kids, I will probably be using a donor egg simply because I don't want to risk passing on what I've got to any children of mine. So the next 16 years, well, 17 years really, were a complete roller coaster. And here's where stuff really starts to get rough. We were just in the foothills. Um, you know, every year or two, it seemed like I would break a leg and most of these breakages required surgery to, you know, they would need to put some sort of hardware in my leg to hold the bone in place once they set it. Um, now there were a couple that didn't, there were a couple that, you know, didn't need surgery. Like I broke my ankle and there were a couple of the femur breaks that didn't, no, there was only one, I think, uh, of the femur breaks that didn't require surgical intervention. Um, and when my when I wasn't breaking legs, um, you know, I, I did my best to be a kid. I jumped rope a lot. I swang a lot. Um, but I would also get random pains in my leg, which usually uh, those were put down to stress fractures, otherwise known as hairline fractures. I'll tell you what, they may be small fractures, but they suck. They hurt a hell of a lot. They are way more than the sum of their parts. Um, and both of my femurs ended up being, like, I was bow-legged because both of my femurs had healed in kind of a curve, and they're not supposed to do that. And when they heal in a curve like that, that puts them more at risk for further breakages. So, in the fall of 2011, after an old fracture in my right leg had started to reopen, they decided to go in and do what's called a bilateral double osteotomy. Or, a bi sorry, a bilateral osteotomy. Bilateral and double basically mean the same thing. Now, basically, an osteotomy is they cut the bone, or they, you know, essentially they break the bone, reshape it, put metal in there to hold it in place, and then put you back together. They did that on both legs. So I was out of commission for, I'm pretty sure that I was non-weight bearing for about two months. Um, and that was the longest like road to recovery I've ever had because before then I'd never had both legs out of commission at the same time. I broke an arm and a leg at the same time in, back in 2009 when I fell out of a swing, which that was partially my own fault. Um, I should have been holding on with both hands, but hey, live and learn, right? But I'd never had both legs out of commission. And it took me, <clears throat> excuse me, it took me a long time to get back on my feet after that. And honestly, I'm not sure that I ever completely recuperated. Um, I was back to full mobility, but I don't think my stamina ever fully recovered. And, you know, so the next few years were pretty okay. You know, I had the occasional leg pain that would 
usually, you know, it would go away with rest or whatever. Um, now, in the summer of 2014, I started noticing, well, this had been happening for a while, but it started to get worse. One of the screws that they had put in my left leg to hold the hardware in place was a little overlong, and it was it was rubbing against the muscle, and it was irritating the muscle, and it, it, obviously that was causing me discomfort. So what they did was they went in, they took that screw out, and just replaced it with a shorter screw. That was actually a small surgery. Like, I, I was sent home. It was an outpatient procedure. They sent me home that day. Um, and, you know, I was expected to walk normally, you know, pretty much immediately, which I did. I mean, I was a little unsteady, but that was mostly because of the drugs. Um, but in the winter, like January, February of 2015, things really started to fall apart. My right leg had started to hurt. And on top of that, I was going to have to get my wisdom teeth removed, which is no fun at all. Like, they were trying to come in, and they were just causing all kinds of pain. Ugh. So, I get my wisdom teeth out. That sucked. Um, I think the worst part was not being able to eat solids, because after a day or two, I, w I really started to get hungry, and I wanted something that I could sink my teeth into. I wanted a hamburger, or you know, a hot dog or anything that I could just chomp down on. I didn't want to have to live on mashed potatoes, but it took me several days to even be able to eat a piece of bread. So anyway, after I recuperated from the wisdom tooth surgery, um, I was told that, I guess when they did the original osteotomy on my right leg, there was a part of the bone that they couldn't cover for some reason, and it was still angled funny, so they were going to have to go in and correct that angle and put new hardware in there. So in March of 2015, um, I had that done. Now, the surgery and the osteotomy in 2011 and the corrective one in 2015 were both done down in Nashville. Why? Well, because the doctor who did those surgeries actually lived and worked up near where we lived when I was little, so I went to him for several of my first broken legs. So, and my local orthopedist went once Dr. Lovejoy moved down, I hope it's not a problem that I'm using his name, um, once Dr. Lovejoy moved down to Nashville and started working down there, uh, I went to another local orthopedist, but this guy was not comfortable doing the osteotomies, so they, he sent me down to Nashville. So I had to go all the way to Nashville to get this surgery done, um, the surgery in 2011 and in 2015. So I was out for probably a couple of months. Um, I believe... With that one, it was six weeks before I was allowed to bear weight, and they didn't want me... I, my left leg still worked, but they didn't want me to stand on it for fear that I would accidentally put my right leg down or, like, fall, you know, lose balance and fall. So, yeah, um, you know, I had to be in physical therapy for that for a couple of months, but I bounced back. Um... Fall of 2015 rolls around and everything looks good, so I go back to college. Now, I've been going to college since fall of 2013, but in the spring semester of 2015, I actually had to drop out early because of the aforementioned surgeries. Excuse me. Um, so I go back in the fall of 2015, and everything's going pretty well. Now, I did have some major anxiety issues going back, which is weird. I didn't have them in fall of 2014. I moved into the dorm in fall of 2014, and I decided to be ahead and start on an anti-anxiety medication because I typically don't do very well with change, so I figured that this was going to trigger me. 
And I think it was in large part because I got on that medication, I actually did really, really well. Now in 2015, I thought I knew exactly what I was getting into. But like, as soon as I got there, we were unpacking everything. I was just like, oh my God, I want to go home. And it was rough. But I made another uh, adjustment to my anxiety medication per my doctor's, um, like, uh, not instruction, um, recommendation, I guess you might call it. Um, and that got that back under control. But then December of 2015 rolls around and no, I'm sorry, it was November because I remember it started to hurt really badly on Thanksgiving. I started having really, really bad leg pain again. And again, it was on my right leg. The right leg has, well, as you'll see in a few minutes, the right leg has caused me a lot of problems. Um, so I go to the orthopedist and nothing shows up on the x-ray. He wanted to do a CT scan, but I was like, you know what? You know, the, the common consensus was that it was another like tiny little fracture that just wasn't showing up on x-ray. And I basically said, you know what? I know what a fracture feels like. I don't want to get a CT scan. I don't feel that extra step is necessary. So basically he just told me to stay home and stay off of it, which was convenient because right as I had that appointment, um, that was actually on the last day of the uh, fall 2015 semester. So all I had to do was go take a final. So the spring 2016 semester rolls around and my leg was healing. It was doing a lot better, but the doctor, my mom and I all agreed that if I were to go back to school and start moving and walking and stuff, I could set my recovery back. So I dropped out again for the spring 2016 semester. Now the difference is I actually went for part of the spring 2015 semester and dropped out about a month and a half in the spring 2016 semester. I didn't even go back. Um, if I remember correctly, I went to the doctor like the Friday before classes were due to start back up. So right around that time, I start getting this headache and it wouldn't go away. And as time went on, it just got worse and worse. So eventually we go to my family doctor slash primary care provider. At first they thought it was just an open and shut middle or inner ear infection. So they gave me antibiotics and some pain medication, but it didn't get any better. In fact, it got worse. So next step was to order a CT scan to see what was going on in there. CT scan didn't pick up anything. Headache is still getting worse. So the doctor puts me on this medication called Topamax, which is technically a seizure med, but can also uh, has also been shown to work for patients who have migraines, which is basically what this was. Um, it was it was one headache that just continued on and on and on. I actually named it. I named it Achezilla. So the Topamax actually had the opposite effect. Um, it made my head hurt worse, and it made me just exhausted. I hated taking that stuff. I was miserable. Um, I began calling it my zombie pills. That's how sleepy it made me. Um, so finally, they get me... Well, after an MRI, which again turned up nothing, they get me an appointment with a neurologist, which isn't like a month until like a month after the MRI, so... You know, until then, it's just controlling the pain, trialing on a couple of new medications, which didn't work. Thank God, or thank Artemis, rather, because she's my deity of choice. Um, my neurologist found the right medication to put me on that controlled the migraine and did not make me unduly sleepy. So after about five months, 
I declared that headache completely under control. You know, she started me on like a low dose and, you know, I went back to see her every six weeks or so to start with. And she would bump up my dosage a little bit every time. We finally found the sweet spot. So the headache finally, I was still uh, very sensitive to migraines, but it wasn't a constant thing anymore. So as I'm preparing for school to start back in August of 2016, actually, like the Friday before classes were due to start, my mom and I were going to go out and Pokemon hunt. Yes, I love playing Pokemon Go. Not accessible, but that's a story for another day. Um, And I was walking down the stairs, and I guess I just wasn't paying attention. And I missed a step, and I fell and broke my arm right below the shoulder, which is also where I broke it in 2009 when I fell out of the swing. Um, again, no fracture showed up on the x-ray, but it hurt like crap. And, you know, I, I've gotten really good at distinguishing between muscle pain, tendon pain, and broken bone pain. And I was 99.9% sure this was a fracture that just didn't show up on the x-ray. So, again, you know, they just gave me a sling and told me to, you know, rest it or whatever, which really sucks because that was my right arm and I'm right-handed. So I had to teach myself how to eat with my right hand and everything. Like I said, this happened the Friday before I was supposed to go back to school. So, you know, and I was still in a significant amount of pain on the following Monday. So we were like, you know what? You know, I I probably won't be fit to go back for another couple of weeks. And by then they'll be in the full swing of things and I'm not going to be able to catch up. So I drop out again. Now, the way this university works is if you drop out one semester, you're fine. You're still enrolled. But if you drop out two semesters in a row, you're no longer enrolled. So if I were ever to go back to school, I would have to reapply. So the arm finally heals up. I have some more mental health struggles, which I'll get into those later. Um, This is more about physical health. Um, Finally overcome those and then... In November of 2016, we still don't know what the hell happened. Um, I was home alone, and I started to get kind of dizzy and nauseous. Now, I was really tired, so I thought maybe it was just sort of a weird symptom of, like, a weird byproduct of how tired I was. And I I had asked my mom, she was at a friend's house, and I would asked her to bring me something to eat on her way home. But, like I said, I started to feel kind of dizzy and nauseous and just not right. So I went to text her and basically say... I changed my mind, don't bring me anything to eat. But as I was texting her, like, it was like my brain had, like, stopped working. Like, I could hear my phone talking, but it it may as well have been speaking gibberish. I didn't know what it was saying. So I called her, apparently on FaceTime. Um, That's the last thing I remember. And then I blacked out. She knew something was wrong, so she rushed home. And when she came home, I, I heard the door slam and she like yelled my name and was completely freaking out. So I sat up and I was like, what the heck happened? Cause I, I didn't even realize at that point that I'd been out of it. What we think happened was a seizure. Now, when I woke up, my right leg and left shoulder were really hurting a lot, but there was no evidence of a, a fall or any kind of trauma. I had been in bed the whole time and she didn't hear anything. Like she didn't hear any thud or anything on FaceTime. She never hung up. Um, As she was driving home, she stayed on the phone with me. Poor thing was, like I said, she was totally frantic by the time she got home. Um, So we went to the ER. Now that that night she had been having some wine with this friend of hers. And she was tired, so she decided it would be best for her not to drive. 
um, or not to drive me to the hospital. So the next day we go, you know, she's like, we'll see how you feel tomorrow. If you're still in a lot of pain, I'll take you to the ER. So the next day comes and I'm still hurting a lot. So we go to the ER and they did x-rays. They did a blood sample. They did an ultrasound in my leg to make sure that there was no blood clot. Everything looked fine. Um, but then the night, let's see, I went to the ER on a Saturday and they, they were, they figured it was just muscle pain. So they gave me a couple days worth of pain meds. Well, this was on a Saturday, like I said. So Sunday night, now I had been trying to move my left shoulder, the one that I had hurt on Friday night to try and keep me from developing frozen shoulder. Cause I, I developed, yeah, I'm sorry. I developed that after I broke my right shoulder back in August of that year and frozen shoulder is no fun. Um, so I, I reached over to put something on my nightstand and just pop, just so, it wasn't pain exactly, it was just wrong. And I felt my shoulder and I was like, what the heck happened? Because the bone was like, it wasn't sticking out through the skin, but it was protruding forwards from the joint. Like the, the, the humerus um, was forward from the joint. And obviously the humor, you know, the joint is supposed to fit you know, it's like a ball and socket. Um, and the our local orthopedist, we actually, we have his cell phone number and we can text him if something happens, which just shows you how much crap happens to me. So my mom sent him a picture of my shoulder and basically said, what's happening? And he said, oh, it's dislocated. Here's how you can pop it back in at home. She tried and that hurt. And I tried to relax, I really did, but I just couldn't. So she takes me back to the ER, they heavily medicate me, and pop my shoulder back into place. So at least we knew what happened with the shoulder. Now, the leg pain just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So I finally go see the orthopedist a week or so later, I think it was. Um, and he actually was able to access the x-rays that they took at the hospital. Because the practice that he worked at worked through that hospital, I guess, I don't know. And he came in growling, and I knew something was up. And basically what he told us was that there was another fracture. And again, this was my right leg. So there was another fracture in that leg, and the hardware that had been placed in 2015 had somehow started to pull out. What's really messed up is I could actually, if I were to touch that leg where it hurt, I could actually feel the outline of the plate and screw, or the plate. I could feel a knot under the skin and muscle. And you're not supposed to be able to feel hardware. It's supposed to be flush with the bone. Yeah, um, so he sends us back down to Nashville the day before Thanksgiving of 2016 to have that fixed. Um, so they basically had to take out that hardware, um, set the fracture, put more hardware in there, and then put me back together. So I was in the hospital for three or four days after that. Um, missed Thanksgiving because I was in the hospital. Luckily, they brought a Thanksgiving meal to my room, but it sucked not being able to be here. Um, and then, you know, everything seemed to be going pretty well until March of 2017. I was really tired again. Thankfully, my mom was here this time. And we had just been having pizza or whatever. And I told her I wasn't feeling well. So she said, let me go get the thermometer and I'll check and see if you have a fever. Hold on. Ah, excuse me. Um... She said, let me go get the thermometer and I'll see if you have a fever. So 
as she's taking my temperature, she said that I started to bite down. It was one of those thermometers that you put under your tongue. And she said that I started to bite down on it. And she knew something wasn't right. So my face started twitching. And she was asking me, like, do you know where you are? Do you know what's happening? Which I knew where I was. I didn't know what was happening, but I was aware that my face was twitching. But then it it went from, I think, what's called a focal seizure, excuse me, to a, a tonic-clonic or grand mal seizure. Basically a full-bodied seizure. So once I had stopped shaking and was a little bit, you know, I was I was essentially unresponsive or barely responsive. So she takes me to the ER and God, the wait time was ridiculous. We were there for like nine hours and everything looked fine. Um, it was lucky I already had a neurologist. So we went back to her and she put me on a medication for seizures and basically was just like, you know, we'll monitor this and see if anything else needs to be done about it. Well, while I was having the seizure, apparently I managed to knock the new hardware loose and it was now coming out. So they decided that the best course of action, because the hardware kept failing, was to do a total hip replacement. Now, I was 22 when this all happened. It actually took them quite a while to get the hip replacement. Um, well, it, it took them, it didn't take them that long to get it scheduled, but they had it scheduled for, this all happened in the beginning of March, and by the middle of March they had it scheduled for, I believe it was April 28th, but then they changed, we got a letter in the mail saying that they changed it to May 5th. I don't remember what their reasoning was. You know, so for a couple of months, I was basically just stuck in the house managing pain because there really wasn't a whole lot I could do. Now, this, this wasn't quite as bad as the leg pain in November of 2016 had been. Like, I could at least use a walker and stuff with this, with, with the stuff, with the pain in 2016. Like, I had to have a, a potty chair right by my bed and even getting on the potty chair was excruciating. I could still do things small things, um, with this, which is the only good thing. So May 5th finally comes around. Who would have thought that I would be counting down to a surgery and they do the surgery. Now, because of my weak bones, um, there was actually a small crack, um, in my femur when I, I don't remember exactly how that happened. So, you know, they normally with hip replace or with joint replacements, they want you to be weight bearing right away. But because there was a small crack in the femur, um, that wasn't the case. Um, they wanted me to, they, they did, they wanted me to do what they called toe touch weight bearing, which is basically on my right leg, I was on my tiptoes and on my left, you know, my left leg and my arms would bear all the weight through the walker. So recoup from that. Um, let's see. I believe, oh yeah, it was like three and a half months before I was walking independently again. Um, although the good thing about that was I went to a new physical therapy place and they actually had or have a therapy pool, which was amazing. Um, so I finally graduated from physical therapy for my hip replacement in uh, February of 2018. This was after a couple of setbacks. I'd gotten tendonitis, um, which really isn't that big a deal, but it hurts like crap. It's easy to treat, but it, oh man, it doesn't feel good. Um, you know, just small things like that. So I, I finally was released from physical therapy in February of 2018. Um, but, you know, especially after my hip replacement, I mean, 
you know, as you've probably noticed, things really started to go downhill in winter of 2015. So I was still, even though, you know, I was back to pretty much normal, I was still dealing with a lot of chronic pain. And from time to time, I would still get, you know, random muscle pains or whatever. And, you know, they may not be a big deal, but they hurt like crazy. Um, and then in May of 2018, I had to have surgery to have a few teeth pulled and, you know, cause they, they had cavities that were down into the root. And I also got a bunch of other like fillings and other dental work done while I was still under anesthesia, which is fine by me cause I'm terrified of dentists. Um, <laughs> but other than that, 2018 was actually a pretty good year, both physically and mentally. And 2019 was shaping up to be that way as well. Um, there were a couple of minor setbacks. I believe my shoulder went out in October of 2018 again, so they sent me back to physical therapy so that I could try to get those muscles stronger and keep that from happening again. Um, you know, but that was that was a small stumbling block. 2019 rolls around, and everything looks great. Um, my sister was actually pregnant with my niece at that time, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can to be the best person I can for my niece or nephew. You know, when the year started, we didn't know what her gender was. So, you know, I started, I, I started going to the gym. I started, you know, talking to a counselor. I, you know, I did everything within my power. And everything seemed to be going really well until June 19th of 2019. This all happened so quickly my mom and I were walking into the gym. We were talking about the Percy Jackson books. I believe she was rereading them at the time. And I was about to make a stupid joke as I was stepping up onto the treadmill. Now, my left foot was up on the treadmill. And as I was lifting my right foot to put it on the treadmill beside my left foot, I guess it got caught under the edge of the treadmill. So I tripped. I fell forward. And I only know this so specifically because um, someone looked at the surveillance footage. Um, I tripped. I fell forwards. I landed on my right knee. And my right femur, right above the knee, snaps. So, for a minute, my whole weight is on my left leg, which, like I said, my foot was on the treadmill when this happened. So I was kind of bowed over my left leg. So my left leg collapses, and I sort of was laying slash sitting on the treadmill. Next thing I remember is laying on my back on the floor. I'm not entirely sure how I got there. Um, I think trauma sort of blocked out some of those memories, because it's a blur. Um, I'm not sure how I went from half sitting, half laying on the treadmill to laying on my back on the floor. The first thing I remember is me, like I said, being on my back on the floor, realizing both of my legs were in pain, and my mom was like either squatting or standing over me holding my hand. And for some reason, I thought that the way that she was positioned like that, I thought she was going to try and pull me up. And I said, I can't get up. Something's wrong. She said, yeah, I know. Um... Apparently, she could tell by looking that both of my legs were completely screwed up. Um, my left leg, the fib or uh, tibia, fibula, I don't remember. Um, I always get those two mixed up. Um, it had snapped a little ways below the knee, and she said that it looked like I had two knees. Um, she, she actually straightened out my left leg to keep it from looking like that, and that actually did make it feel a little bit better. Now, the right leg, she didn't move, um, and my the right leg, I could tell by touching, was completely foobarred, which, if you don't know, that means effed up beyond all recognition, because um, there was, like, this big knot right above my knee, and I was like, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> that was actually the first time I've had to ride in an ambulance. Um, every other time, someone has been able to get me 
to the car, you know, like I said, my mom has no shortage of practice, but with both legs messed up, she didn't want to try to carry me. So they call an ambulance, an ambulance comes, and I go to the hospital. So I had to have sorry, corrective surgery on both legs, the right femur right above the knee to get some more hardware placed there, and the left tib-fib um, to get, you know, set that and get some hardware placed there. I actually went to a inpatient rehab facility for, oh, about 10 days after I got out of the hospital, um, mainly because I was non-weight-bearing and I was going to need intensive therapy and pretty much I would need 24-7 care. Um, I could have gone to, oh gosh, I don't remember what the name of it was. Um, there was another kind, I went to an acute rehab facility. I don't remember what the name of the other one is, but it's basically an, another wing added to a nursing home where the therapy is less intense and it takes longer for you to graduate. Um, I was still the youngest patient there. I will almost guarantee you that. <laughs> um, you know, most of the people there were older, recovering from, you know, joint replacement surgeries or strokes or, you know, things like that. Um, what's funny is I went to a rehab facility and picked up an addiction to RC Cola. Um, I started drinking that only because it was the only soda they had that wasn't diet and I had a caffeine headache. <laughs> um, so I left there and I, I was receiving in-home physical therapy and it took me about two and a half months to start walking on my own. Now I was walking with the walker within about, oh gosh, like a month maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, um, you know, since then, knock on wood, other than, other than the occasional, like, I did have a scare a couple months ago where my leg was really, really hurting me and I thought something was wrong. We're pretty sure it was just a pulled muscle based on the location and the fact that it got better with time and the right medication. Um, but it's still, because of all the crap I've gone through and all the medical, all the hardware in my body, I, I have chronic pain, um, especially in winter. Um, you know, my legs just hurt a lot. I'm not going to say 24-7, but they hurt a lot. And it's, I don't have very much stamina at all. Um, you know, last night I did an offering ritual to Artemis and just walking the circle once to cast it and once to uncast it just kind of wore me out. And I'm really sore from that today. You know, so that shows you how little stamina I have now. Um, so yeah, I'm 25 and I basically feel like I have the body of a 60-year-old. So, yeah. Um, Alright, it's over. Um, hope you guys have all held on to your hats and your seats. Um, now that we're back to the hotel, if, you, if there's any comment you would like to make, please feel free to drop a message. And I will try to be back sooner than this. I didn't mean to take a whole week to do another podcast episode, but... I just, I kept getting busy. Um, I will talk to you guys soon. Until then, feel free to enjoy the swimming pool and the spa and all this other cool stuff that the hotel has to offer. <laughs> um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.